Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into Hoopsville and the Hoopsville Studios, the WBCA and ABC Hoopsville Studios. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, and thank you for tuning in on what is the seventh annual Hoopsville Marathon. We are going to be on air for, well, I've been promoting nine hours, and really it should be. We've got eight hours worth of guests, followed by uh, the happy hour, as it were. Maybe I should have put on some makeup. Who knows? I don't know. We got gussied up for this one. We hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, even if you might be homesick, as my son is, if he's watching, hi, bud. Um, <laughs> he's got strep, and so now the countdown might be how long until I drop. Um, now, normally I don't get sick from my kids, but you never know. So we got a long show ahead of us, to say the least. We have one change to make in it. Um, we indicated that... Uh, Sam Atkinson's segment would take place, um, when did I say that would take place? At about 4 o'clock, I want to say. That's going to be moved to later in the show. Uh, it was already a pre-taped segment. Yeah, we had it at 4 o'clock. We're going to actually move that to about 7.40 tonight. I'm sorry for any of you who may have tuned in. Um, the happy hour says Ryan Scott and Bob Quillman. That should have been changed, and apparently it has not, so we will change that. Um, it's going to be a cacophony of people. I'm not really even sure who. Uh, I know Bob. I, I Maybe Ryan. I can't remember if Ryan can make it. Um, and some others. We'll just see where it goes, as it were. So lots to talk about here in the, the land and lots to cover across Division Three. This, this, uh, this marathon has got a couple of purposes or a few purposes. One, it's to kind of get us all ramped up and excited about the uh, next month of the season. There is certainly lots to enjoy in the next month of the season. And so that's kind of its purpose is it, it was designed in multifold. And one of them was, hey, look, we've got a month left in the season. Let's get excited. Let's get rah-rah about this. The other has always been that we do it right before the regional rankings. Well, the problem with that this year is the regional rankings are slightly later. Really, I couldn't with my, with my calendar, I can't fit it in the Thursday before the regional rankings are, are due, which is February 12th this year. So it's literally two weeks out um, for the regional rankings. I couldn't do that next week due to other schedule conflicts. I got to make money somehow. We'll get to that in a minute. So we are doing it this week instead. It's still an end of January thing, so it still kind of fits. Next year, we'll be probably right back on schedule. Again, depending on what my schedule is. Um, but we'll still kind of get you ready for those regional rankings as we'll have both committee chairs on the show today. We already mentioned Sam's segment moving to a little bit later. Karen Harvey from Montclair. By the way, the hot, hot running Montclair women's basketball team. We'll talk to her coming up as well. Uh, the other purpose in past years, not necessarily the last few, but originally was as a fundraiser. Um, we keep getting asked by many of you, how can we contribute? How can we help you? Well, we're, we're, we're doing it again, though, in a different form this year. To be honest, a lot of these sites you go to for fundraising take a percentage of it. Um, for example, we've been on Indiegogo for, for a while, uh, for the last few years, and Indiegogo takes 5% of what you make, plus they charge per transaction. So roughly we were going to lose, oh, I don't know, something like, what was it? I, I figured out about 7 to 8% of every donation, or, or total in general. And that might even be off, to be honest with you. I might have that number off. So that, that just wasn't, that wasn't kosher. So we have a PayPal button 
just straight PayPal button. Don't be surprised by the Yahoo account. I can't avoid it. I tried my best last night to get it to look like something else. But basically, it's a PayPal. We, we suggest a couple of different values on there. You can also choose your own. We welcome anything. We appreciate it. Donations for us for this show will help not only solidify our, our, our hardware, as it were, and how we do our show and move us towards the future. It also allows us to do things like go to Atlanta. Atlanta is a little bit on the danger list right now due to some um, uh, issues on my end, um, both health and personal. If we can raise enough money to justify the costs, we'll be there. If it, Not just the costs, but the time lost from work. If Because uh, remember, I'm not a person who gets time off from work uh, or paid time off from work. Um, but so that's kind of where it stands. Just, just to be blunt, I, I, I'm not trying to look for any sympathy necessarily. I'm just trying to give you all a sense of, of where where things sit. So there you go. There, there's there's my spiel, as it were. We'll talk about it more during the show, and we appreciate any assistance you all might have with that. We got a long list of guests tonight, uh, today. <laughs> um, um, I'm just actually writing. Hoopsville Friends will be the. Uh, um, the Hoopsville Happy Hour slot. Um, we are going to start with a bang, to be honest. We're going to get it right out of the gate. Um, we're going to talk to uh, Jim Calhoun of the very good St. Joseph, Connecticut squad. We are going to talk to him about a few things, uh, most in particular how in the world in their second year they are on top of the GNAC so comfortably. And I wouldn't even say comfortably. That might be a bit of an exaggeration. But we will talk to him about that and how it works out for him because I'm I'm beyond impressed. And they got a big win last night on the road at Albertus Magnus. To quote my friend Ryan, those who are voting for Albertus Magnus may need to uh, reconsider that vote uh, and maybe dump all their votes to St. Joseph. I was not voting for Albertus Magnus. I was actually waiting for this game. If Albertus Magnus was as good as advertised, they're going to beat St. Joseph's. As if St. Joseph's was as good as advertised, they're going to beat Albertus Magnus. That's the result I got, and that's how we will. I will vote. I, I did not actually add a team to my top twenty-five this past week. It's the first time all season, um, mainly because the, my losses all took place kind of in the top and middle, not at the bottom, and I didn't feel any of the losses in the middle justified dropping out of the poll. Um, I gotta. I should probably pull my my list up. Well, that's not gonna work. Got some stuff on a desk here, and now I got a mess behind me. So, you know, a lot of my losses were in the middle. I had Middlebury losing to Williams, and and uh, I mean beating Williams. Sorry, I miss miss note over there. Platteville losing to River uh, River Falls, but beating Whitewater. So I moved Platteville down. I just didn't move them out. Uh, St. Norbert losing to Rip, and I moved them down. I didn't move them out. Virginia Wesley losing to Randolph-Macon. Well, it was expected. Randolph-Macon was higher ranked. So in, in actuality, I moved Virginia Wesleyan up, to be honest. They, they hung with Virginia uh, with Randolph-Macon. Uh, Brandeis lost to Wash U. Again, expected. I ended up moving them down only because I needed room and, and moved them down one. Um, and so that was where the bulk of it is. Marietta lost to Mount Union. I, I moved them down, but I didn't move anybody out. So it was a little bit of a, an interesting poll for, for me personally. Um, but back to the St. Joseph part, that's, I think, a big topic is now those voters need to maybe look at that um, and, and determine what they're going to do accordingly. 
Um, by the way, let's get the other elephant out of the room. We are not simulcasting on YouTube today. I apologize to anybody who's now found the show via anywhere but YouTube. The biggest reason there being that we've apparently gotten some copyright uh, flags thrown that have not popped up in the past. And as a result, I don't, we can't. And I did my best this, to, this morning to clear those copyrights. Most of them, believe it or not, are NCAA PSAs that are apparently being auto-triggered by a conference in D1. I do not know why. Um, so we, we tried to file claims on as much as we could. Didn't free it up. So unless something happens midway through the show and we can get the uh, marathon back up and running, it is not on YouTube, and I apologize. We are simulcasting on Facebook, which reminds me I should probably check out the Facebook stream. And there are some people there like Alan. He says, okay, I can watch Sam Atkinson on demand later because I have to go to an event this evening. That's right, Alan. You can. First hour is very exciting with coaches Jim Calhoun and Pat Yuckum. Yeah, talk about good back-to-backs, right? I watched the USJ Albertus Magnus game on demand this morning. Lots of fouls called in that one. Yeah, both teams play an aggressive style. Not surprising. And I think a lot of teams need to realize that aggressive style is going to be called. And, hey, listen, they don't have to adjust their style if they don't want to. They just have to get used to fouls being called. That's how I look at it. Uh, yeah, let's look at that merit that schedule. We'll quickly go through it. We'll start off with St. Joseph's of Connecticut men's basketball coach, St. Joseph of Connecticut. I have an apostrophe S in there. I'm going to have to fix that. Uh, there is none. Jim Calhoun will join us. Then Pat Yuckum from Wash U will be on the line with us. And Brian Morehouse from Hope will talk about winning number 601, actually, uh, last night. Uh, then Rippon's women's basketball coach will be on the show. We'll talk to, to her about the Midwest Conference and their pretty darn good season. John Jay men's basketball coach Ryan Highland will join us. John Jay's having a really good year in the CUNYAC. They are um, on top of the conference and 14-5. and five. Obviously, a conference will probably have to win to get in. We'll talk to Ryan Highland about that program. Ryan Highland played at Catholic and coached a little bit there, so I've known Ryan for a few years. It'll be fun to catch up with him. Then at 2 o'clock, Dan Dutcher and others will join us from the NCAA to talk about some of the topics coming out of the convention. Karen Harvey from Montclair State Women's Basketball and the Women's National Committee Chair will follow Dan Dutcher. Then Aaron Sh uh, Adrian Scheibels from Bowdoin will be on the show. That will be followed by Kate Pearson from Cabrini. Matt Gilbride from RPI will join us on the show. Then Matt Donahue from Catholic will have a little bit of a gap around the 4 o'clock hour. That's fine. We may be accordioning a little bit, so we may need that time. But Matt Donahue, Donahue will join us from Catholic at about 4.20. Charles Katsiafikas will join us from Pomona Pitzer. Well, uh, Coach Herbie, as they call him, at Bethel will join us on the show as well. Chris Cardillo from Widener will be on. We'll catch up with Dave Hickson, who's on sabbatical as Amherst men's basketball coach. We'll catch up with him on how he's enjoying that sabbatical. More importantly, how he's enjoying touring around the world of basketball. They'll then have a WBCA segment with the board president. It's actually D1 coach from Toledo, Trisha Cullup. We talked to her yesterday. Great conversation with her. Very aware of what's going on in Division Three. We'll talk to her. Alex Ritchie will follow that. He's very involved with the WBCA. His Oglethorpe team is 18th. They're on the road. We'll talk to him later in the program. Jody May will join us from Albion. They are having a tremendous season considering, if you remember, the death of one of their athletes at the beginning of the season took his own life. We'll talk to Jody about how the team has rallied and how the team is doing so well atop the MIAA. You may not realize it, but they're the best of the best in that conference right now. Then Virginia Wesleyan's Dave Messino will join us. Melissa Kerberka, uh, I apologize, from St. Joseph Fisher will join us, and then we'll do the happy hour. So a lot more coaches than we normally have. Uh, I don't know how I fell into that trap today. 
we have usually had more student athletes or we've had some alums. I don't know why it happened that way. We do have a, a coach from each gender from each region. We do have some extras, but a, a regional member from each gender is on the show, if you notice, plus some others. Um, what we may be doing in the future shows, the next couple, especially on Monday. Remember, we're not going to be on the show Sunday. On Monday's show, we will likely um, maybe dabble into some other topics, but we'll see. Monday's show, I, I got some ideas. <laughs> we're going to get through today's show before I can execute it. But again, because of the Super Bowl, we will not be on the air Sunday. We'll be on the air Monday evening instead. So there you go. There's there's kind of your breakdown, as it were, of the 7th Annual Hoopsville Marathon. Again, on the Marathon show page, there is a donation buttons in several places. Please consider doing that to help us out. We have tried advertising, to be honest, due to my health at the beginning of the year. We didn't get that off the ground as much as we wanted to. We have dabbled with it a little. We have not gotten it to schools as much as we wanted to. If you are a school watching this show and you want to advertise on this show, email me. I'll send you our advertising package, which is discounted right now. Um, Alan Karen replies, it'll be interesting to see what has happened with John Jay since the Brandeis men beat them last year in the ECAC tournament. I think that you're going to find that they are better, sir. That's what I think we're going to find. Uh, you can email us, dave.mcqueue at d3sports.com, because the Hoopsville email is not working. We'll keep an eye out on that as well here during the day. Um, sorry, going through some emails that have flooded my system. That's how you how it works, right, folks? So anyway, there you go. That's what we're doing today. And again, if you're if you're able to donate, we really appreciate it. Um, I will try and keep track of how those donations are going uh, along the way. Um, by the way, while I've got a moment, hats off to the USA South. Where is that email of mine? Here we go. They're going to have a uh, um, blockout cancer rally in support of Randy Tuggle. Uh, let's see. In an effort to visually support the cause and Coach Tuggle, the USA South is supplying purple-themed warm-up shirts to be worn by each team during the specific games. Additionally, purple ribbons will be given to the coaching staffs and game personnel to wear in support. Finally, each member of the home team from the game will sign a shirt with well wishes that will be sent to Coach Tuggle. Should you wish to support Tuggle's fi family financially, they do have a GoFundMe page that has been set up. Any unused funds will be donated to Tuggle uh, by Tuggles to the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Uh, the games start on the 1st. Averett, North Carolina Wesleyan. The 4th, Meredith Piedmont. Uh, these are the home teams. Salem will host one on the 5th. The 7th will be Agnes Scott and Covenant. 8th will be Berea, LaGrange, Greensboro. Pfeiffer will do it on the 9th. Huntington, Maryville, Methodist, and Wesleyan will do it on North Carolina. Wesleyan will do it on the 12th. And Brevard, Mary Baldwin, and Mary uh, William Peace will do it on the 15th is how I read that. So hats off to that. You may remember a couple weeks ago we had Randy Tuggle on this show uh, talking about his battle with pancreatic cancer. The fact he was diagnosed about a year ago and has not missed a day of work. Um, I later saw a great story on the local TV affiliate. I don't remember which affiliate where he also talked about going in for treatment in the mornings and going to work in the afternoons, or, or right thereafter, I should say. So um, hats off to the USA South for rallying behind that. And uh, by the way, thanks to them for also including our segment with him in the WBCA Center Court regarding that. So there you go, folks. We got a jam-packed marathon ahead. We're going to have to pace ourselves a little bit. We will certainly be talking, in, amazingly enough, 
about Elmer's taking its first loss in the CCIW. They took a buzzer beater loss to Augustana. Watch that buzzer beater. Heck of a shot from 30 feet from Pierre Warford. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, throughout the show, as you may have questions, but we'll also get our guests on the show to talk about it as well. And with that, we're going to take our first break because we don't want to be running behind when we get things going today. Take our first break. When we come back, we will talk to Jim Calhoun, the head coach of St. Joseph, Connecticut. Second year program. We already know that Coach Jim Calhoun is pretty darn good. We had him on in our very first show of the year last year. We know he's a Hall of Famer. He's won 900 plus games. But what he's done at St. Joseph is pretty impressive. We'll talk to him when we come back. You listen to Hoopsville, the marathon, seventh annual, right here on d3hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this. taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbine. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. 
That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I just wanted to get good grades and to do well. But it also made me realize that I have a lot of career goals. You're there to get a full college experience, not only participate in your sport, but participate in things outside of that. And it's all about growing as a person. My coaches have helped me with figuring out who I really am. Their lives are dedicated for us to succeed. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, here on this Thursday, the Marathon Show. If you got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or use the hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops. Nope, sorry, email us, Dave.McHugh at D3Sports.com. It just comes repetitive in your head. You just kind of keep going. You can also uh, join us on Facebook where we're simulcasting the show, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, we are not simulcasting, unfortunately, on uh, YouTube today strictly because, well, we ran into a Bit of an issue with, with them, and, and we'll figure it out. I just got an alert, and I'm, I can't read it now. I'll read it after the segment that we already got our uh, at least one donation, if not more, a significant donation. But I want to check it before I get too much further. But thank you to those. Remember, you can donate. We'll tweet out a, a, a link to it as well, and we'll put it on the, hoop, on the um, Hoopsville Marathon um, um, Facebook page as well. We'll give you the link for that donations if you're not on the page. Or watching us on the Blue Frame system. All right, so our first guest has his team at 16-2, and 4-0 in conference play. To say they're playing well right now in just their second year of existence would be an understatement. But I guess if you ever were to sell short the, uh, the man who's in charge of everything, we'd, we'd be mistaken because the man obviously knows what he's doing. He's led UConn to success in Division One. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline is Jim Calhoun, the St. Joseph head coach coach thanks so much for taking the time i appreciate it well any time to talk about basketball is always a good time instead of a lunch break and getting fat i'll, I'll talk uh, <laughs> division three hoops i i kind of appreciate that absolutely um 16 and 2 your two losses are in the first opening three games to really two teams who are playing well in rhode island college and Tufts. since then un, undefeated and you got a big win on the road against albertus magnus last night I know you expect your team to play well. We can go into into last season in a bit, but did you expect, even with a little bit of turnover that you had, you'd be sixteen and two this year? Well, you know, you never truly expect games. I think what you look for is how well you play, and by that I mean you you don't you don't really necessarily have competition. We had ours early. Uh, we had a tough loss to Rhode Island, who shot the lights out against us. I think made eighteen threes. Uh, we then. Uh, come back with a really good win over a good Trinity team, which is only about six miles from campus here. Mm -hmm. And and then uh, we went to Tufts and got buried. <laughs> and we just played badly. And we didn't react to everything. I mean, you're one of those kind of things where we looked young. We looked like we weren't very very good. And I kind of had some promise that I thought we'd be a little better. And I still remember the ride home, the 100 miles back to Connecticut. It wasn't uh, my happiest moment <laughs> in coaching. But... <laughs> That's November 23rd, and right. uh, from that point, we haven't lost and it's over two months, and not that I think we're infallible because we aren't. And we've had some tough goes we have, but with all that said, uh, we start to develop who we are, and we're a fast-break team. We take good shots. Um, we're shooting over 50%. We uh, 
really, really can run. We average now close to 88 points a game. Mm-hmm. I think 90-something in conference play in four games. And we can run, and we, and we can space the floor. We have two excellent guards who are quick. And, you know, overall, a pretty good defensive team. We're giving up, I think, uh, 37 uh, percentage points from the field. So, so we do good things. And I, I think the biggest thing, Dave, is we kind of know who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's where we develop them. We we figured out who we are, and I think uh, if you do that in life as a person or do that as a team, you're going to have a lot more success. Yeah, you're shooting well. You're shooting just over fifty percent, only allowing just under thirty-eight, and you're outscoring your opponents basically by twenty points a game. Uh, it, you guys are playing well. I have noticed the up-tempo pace. Is that? Uh, um, uh, because that's what you guys wanted to do, or is it because you have the horses and figure, you know what, let's go do this, and we can maybe run some teams down? Yeah, well, yeah, well good point. We're pretty deep. We play nine, ten guys every game. We all play particularly at the inside. Uh, but, you know, our, our, our four or five guys really can play and can really get around the floor. And I think we're not big. Both one guard is 5'8", he says. And the other one is maybe, he says he's 5'8", too. But, you know, I, we'll be another confirmed liar playing for us. But with that said, they are quick as cats, and they can get out. And I think that Delshawn Jackson, who had 36 last mm-hmm. night, averaging 21, he's a big-time player in the sense he can score the basketball, shoot it from three. And, uh, you know, uh, and we're not particularly big, but we're quick, we're fast, we handle the ball very well at four spots. And the kid, Jordan Powell, who's 68%, I think, from the field. I think he's number two or three in the country. I'll tell you what he does. He scores the ball when he can, where he can, without trying to do things they can't do. And he's become a terrific player for us. Bottom line is we're a space in the open team. Okay. Uh, you know, and because we don't have the size to, to, to weigh you down, what we do have is hopefully the quickness to weigh you down. Mm-hmm. What is the defensive mentality then? If you're willing to go up-tempo and, and try and wear a team down, you're only allowing 38% from the floor. What do you? What's the mentality on the other end? Well, we're a pretty good man-to-man team, and I think the, the, the thing that's come together for us is we help each other more. We, we face some very good players in our league that can really score. We are, like everything else, and some people thought it would be a mystery when you, when I came from Division One, Division Three. It isn't. I mean, guys want to win. Players yeah. can play. Cleaning teams have style. For example, Alberta Magnus picks you up full court, tries to pressure, mm-hmm. and then tries to attack you with the basketball. That's why they're so successful. I mean, they come at you. And we, in turn, are a team that's going to be like that in the open court, but then we, we kind of settle down. We can go from going on. 100 miles an hour to run the old-fashioned uh, flex offense. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's kind of who we are. Sure. But everything takes care of us in the open floor and in space. So well, I think our, our, one of the things we've really, really worked on is spacing. We need to have open areas because, once again, we aren't going to bull got you. We aren't going to bully you. What we're going to do is outquick you and hopefully out-execute you offensively. And take advantage of our quickness. I think we're up to about nine steals a game. We're starting to really use our quickness defensively. Yeah, you're right. Nine steals a game is where you are. You're also handing out about 16 assists per game um, and out-rebounding your opponent pretty handily. You mentioned uh, Deshaun uh, Deshaun Jackson, uh, 21 points a game, also two and a half assists a game. But you've got five guys in double figures, Powell, Martin, O'Neal, and Martin, two Martins, Jordan and Talon. Both at double in double figures, you've got a lot of options besides Jackson in case Jackson takes too much defensive attention. Yeah, and sometimes if you try to double uh, Delshawn, then you're going to end up with having uh, penetration by uh, by our other guys, or you're going to have open jump shots, or you get some post plays. So, you know, one of the things I've always believed, and this goes well, well back to when I had a kid named Ray Allen who wasn't too bad, <laughs> Rip Hamilton, et cetera, Ben Gordon. Yeah. And, 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 no, and the reason I say that simply, everybody says, well, you don't want one of those guys. Yeah, I do. 
I want, and this is what I used to always say, I want the kind of player that can draw double teams because I'm a numbers guy. Anytime okay. they put two in them, we got four against your three. And yeah. we talk it, work it all the time to recognize it. And I think that sometimes if you're going to try to get something from us, like double and take our good players, our best player away, we're going to try to burn you. And I think the same thing is pressure. I've never believed that you should, if a team presses you, except obviously time and score situations late in games, that you should ever attack pressure without getting layups. Matter of fact, our press break is called layup. <laughs> run layup, run layup. <laughs> okay. That's your story. Just a psychological idea. If you're going to try to press us, and you, you know, teams are good enough to do that, we're going to try to make you pay a price, and I guess the same in the half-court set. I said on air already that I was waiting for this game last night between you guys and Albertus Magnus to make up my mind about which team I would consider in my top 25. Are you guys a top 25 team? Have you been able to watch enough basketball to, to make it a, a judgment on that from your own personal point? Yeah, I have. I get a chance here and go to games up at Amherst or games over at Wesleyan or at Trinity. Uh, Dave Hicks is a good friend of mine from Amherst. I knew him when he was a young guy, and his father and I were very, very good friends. Point being is is that I've seen enough ball. It's great to go to these tournaments, by the way. One thing I really enjoyed about going down to Florida, besides the weather, I actually enjoyed the weather probably more, but regardless, you, know, you see other teams. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw a couple of teams that I was really, really, honestly surprised just how good they were. I saw a Scranton team, for example, that was a really good basketball team. It's not a maybe top 25 yet, but they're really good. And mm -hmm. I saw other teams I hadn't seen before, and I think it gave us a much better feel of where we fit. Well, it's hard to say when you, you know, we aren't just winning this in this division. We're, 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 we're pretty good. And yeah. it doesn't mean that the next seven games, Johnson Wales has been traditionally very good in this league on Saturday. What it does mean, though, is that we've got a pretty good relationship that we aren't just in one of those little small rides. We're, uh, we've, been, we've been able at times to dominate teams, and I think yes. with our style. And when, when that starts coming up, you have to say, you know, in the NESCAC, which we don't play in, but we played four games there and considered yeah. one of the best leagues in the country, we're three and one with with you know bad loss to Tufts early, but second game of the year. But then, but then we beat a good Trinity team, a good Bates team. You know what I'm saying? So, so we're starting to you know we, we and they always a good Williams team. We, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that that we could probably there's very few teams in the country we can't play it and say beat. But we're in that sure. level because of, of of what we're doing right now on the floor. Uh, by the way, if you ever want another tournament that's warm, you can always come to Vegas. We got a great one in Christmas. Just saying, just saying. You no, no. That'd be a great thought for us because honestly, one of the one of the things I, I would say about Division Three hoops, and I mean this for a guy who was uh, uh, forty years in Division One, um, the kids want to play. The games are great. I mean, it's competition. I mean, the crowds are smaller, but you know, last night, you know, they a, 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 um, a jammed in close to a thousand people at Alberta yeah. Magnus, and the the atmosphere was wonderful, and it's competitive, and it's basketball. And anybody has any illusions that's not basketball? You know, uh, right now, uh, I had a guy named Kimber Walker, not too bad a player, and you know, Kimber, who's one of my favorite people of all time. I got my own kind of semi version, not necessarily the same game. Another little guy. Delshawn Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I, th I think people have got to see the game as the game, which obviously I have a great passion and love for. Uh, but 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 Division Three hoops is is really a pretty special thing. I found I found it fascinating the ESPN um, documentary, for lack of a better description, following you around all last season. I got I mean, we got to see you in Division Three, and for me, see Division Three through your eyes. Through that, I almost wanted more episodes, to be honest with you, because I, I found it fascinating. First off, what was it like to have an ESPN camera crew with you all, all the way through it? And second of all, what did you learn from that experience? 
Well, I'm a Boston Irishman. Occasionally we have people who uh, think that I talk quick, which I do, and they think that my Bostonian accent, I say car and wicked and all those kind of things. <laughs> but, they, but, they, but they occasionally interpret some of my verbiage as being uh, occasionally foul mouth and very simply have an ESPN <laughs> with you 24-7. You've got to be a little more careful than that. So bottom line is, no, it, it was interesting. You know what was really good about I got a chance to see my kids being interviewed. I saw all the stuff that never made the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, never made tape and see their their, their viewpoint yeah. of what's played as a Division three athlete. And I think I think obviously I'm you know uh, I'm, I'm very sincere about this. I, I really think that that I, I'm very happy that that we're getting more exposure in Division three because. The game is the game. The kids are the kids. The ball is the ball. Hoops ten feet, and let's go. Let's go. Keep scoring. And see what happens. And I think that's the story. I think more and more people, hopefully from from Division Three now, and others can see. You sure. come to one of our games and other games that some of the teams I've seen. I mean, it's it's a great it's a it's a great basketball experience, and much more in an intimate situation. Our gym, we've been a brand new one, is going to hold over twelve, fourteen hundred. We got one now, five hundred, but it's a lively five hundred, and, and it, it, it's an intimate, fun basketball situation. And everybody cares here just as much as they do any other place. What does it say about this team? You guys had a little bit of turnover from that squad last year to what you have this year. Some guys decided not to stick it out. Some guys have, have come in. What's it say about the program that you can still be succeeding, especially in only your second year? Yeah, I, I think a location helps a lot. We're in West Hartford, Connecticut, you know, and, uh, you know, it, 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 we're two miles from downtown Hartford, mm-hmm. yet we're in a, a residential community. So it's a really great place for kids to go to school. We've got a great institution. And I think the key is that, that the kids, obviously, I was known in Connecticut and, and, and in the basketball world, but, but, I, but, I, but I, I, I think the kids want to see, if, you know, take a chance and, and, and help that I could possibly help their game and Glenn Miller could help their game. And, you know, between us, he was Division Three National Coach of the Year 20 years ago and got mm-hmm. his team 28-1 at Con College. So bottom line is that, that it says an awful lot for the kids we have. And that's a big thing because I really push my kids. I push them because I love them. I love them as players and people, and I want them to be the best they can be in everything they do. And very simply, they're stuck with that. A couple of kids were left, just circumstance and, sure. you know, an opportunity. One kid is now going to go to Bryant on a full scholarship we had last year. A great shooter, Chris Charles. Um, my bottom line is that, you know, sometimes you, we didn't have to say addition by subtraction. We just get better for the kids coming back, and we brought some really interesting people. J.C. Martin is a quick, quick former Division One point guard. Uh, uh, Josh Powell is a, is, is a Jordan Powell, excuse me, is a terrific six-seven running. <laughs> big man who can just score the ball and, and score it well. And, and, and you know, those two additions were, were key to us. Taylor Martin's a freshman who we think has got a great future. So the, the couple of additions we made have been incredibly important to us. I think a lot of people saw you come onto the program and thought to themselves, well, you know, he might be there for a year or so, give them some notoriety, but then hand the reins over. If anybody watched the video, they know you're fully invested in this, the ESPN stuff. Um, and and I, talking to you now twice in, in about 16 months, I can hear the passion that you have. How much more you got? Because let's be honest, too, you also have had some health uh, issues along the way. Are we going to have you another few more years? Well, I don't know. I, mean, I got up today, looked at myself. Uh, we just won 15 in a row, smiled in the mirror, didn't like to look. And I said, there's an old guy in that mirror. I don't know how long he snuck in there. But regardless, he looked back at me and said, hey, it wasn't that fun. And yeah. it was. You know, competing is fun. Watching kids grow, you know, not, not the group, but boys to men. Is a special, special thing to watch these kids come in here and, and grow as people. And you know, I mean, how many NBA players I have? Probably none. But that's not important. The, 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 just like the guys I had it watching Kemba, who got 
Kim Walker who mm-hmm. taught at Rice High School as a freshman. Now he's an NBA All-Star. I'm actually doing something with him next Thursday. Oh, cool. My point is, yeah, it, it, it doesn't really make a difference sometimes. People get too hung up on level. I get totally hung up on the total experience of playing college basketball. And that's what our kids are doing. Uh, I'll put you on the spot. I apologize because I forgot to mention this off air. I don't know if you had an opinion on Kobe's death on on Sunday. I don't know if you have an opinion on on how it affects the basketball world. But if you have one, we'd love to hear it. Well, I think the biggest thing with Kobe, I recruited Kobe. He was at the Lower Marion, I believe. Yep. He gets a kid named Richard Hamilton uh, <laughs> from good Coastal. Guy. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're playing the semifinals at the Palestra. And, 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 and we were recruiting Kobe. He decided not to go. And he's, a, by the way, a brilliant student. He spoke two languages yes. at the time at 18 and a very high college boards. But, <clears throat> you know, he was a great, great player, one of the hardest working guys. He and Ray Allen probably dedicated themselves to the game as much as any two guys ever. And, you know, he was, a, he was an incredible, incredible uh, guy, work ethic, et cetera. I think Obama said it best. President Obama, former President Obama, said, you know, he had a great athletic first act, and he was going to do special things second act. And I agree 100% with that. I think the key ingredient here, very simply tragic, and is incredibly tragic with the loss of Gigi and himself, uh, I just think that moaning and, and, and honoring is a wonderful thing. I think understanding, and maybe today all of us, and over the next last few days, call someone you love because you know there is no great roadmap that we're guaranteed of, and 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 that's the thing. The unexpected did happen. Uh, a great legendary athlete died along with his incredible young daughter who loved UConn. And 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 point being, I told my players, and I spoke afterwards simply, you need to today take this moment to kind of do some reflection about how those that you care with, you're not always going to have right here. I'm not being fatalistic. I'm being realistic, mm-hmm. and make sure that you. Win every day and take advantage of a day, particularly with the people you respect and love. Well said. I uh, thank you for that, and I thank you for your time. Great chatting with you. Thanks for giving us your insight on the team and your perspective on D3. Appreciate you coming on the marathon. As always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? No, I just like anybody who loves basketball. Come on to see a Division Three game. It's pretty special stuff. Good call. Thanks so much for your time. Look forward to chatting with you down the road. Good luck the rest of the season. Hopefully we'll see you dancing in March as well. We hope so, too. Thanks right, very much. Take Bye. care. Jim Calhoun joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Listen, their team's good. Uh, I don't think there's any way. If you haven't checked them out, I think you should. It, it's, I don't want to say it's a different brand of basketball. It's up-tempo. It's, it's going to make you maybe shake your head a little bit, but I think Albertus Magnus plays a little bit like that, too, and they took them – 98-79 last night at Albertus Magnus. So Johnson & Wales coming up, LaSalle after that, then home against St. Joseph and away at Regis and Emmanuel. They actually have to play on the road most of the rest of the way. They've got uh, Anna Marie and, and Colby Sawyer actually at home to finish things off as well. So it'll be a fun team to watch, and the GNAC will be well represented in the tournament, I think, no matter what. If it's them, I think it's a team to watch out for. All right, going to take a break. When we come back, Pat Yuckham has to follow that. I wish him luck. Apparently, he's already called in sick. I kid. Pat Yuckum coming in. Next, you're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We'll talk more about the marathon coming up as well after this. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop 
teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. I used to never really talk, ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this marathon show. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. We're off to a bang with our um, donations. Gotten a couple already, one of them $500 from Stuart. Sir, thank you very much. Really appreciate that. We got a pump, bunch of uh, uh, buttons, donate buttons on our 
main marathon page. I will try and get a tweet out with that and add it to our Facebook one as well here in a bit. Um, those of you uh, trying to get me guests on the show, I really appreciate it, sports, especially sports information directors. But at this point, there's no way I can book a guest. I can't make the graphics. I can't do anything. We are jam-packed. Um, it Definitely keep your mind, uh, ideas in mind, though, for future shows, certainly. Um, all right, so Pat, uh, Hall of Famer and Jim Calhoun, certainly fun to chat with him. Um, but um, you got to follow him. Well, one man may have a little bit of familiarity with that, considering he's, uh, well, he's he's done this before. He's followed a, a an, an all, uh, Hall of Famer, Ugh. whatever I'm trying to say, Hall of Famer at Wash U. Of course, uh, he did try to get out of this interview, apparently calling in sick today, but we chased him down at his office and jo- or at his home and joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Sick is the excuse, Pat Yuckum. You know, sir, they can hear you at the office I know. I, I, I want to keep it under the radar, but uh, as you know, Chris Mitchell and my, my, my guys at, uh, at the WashU office, will, uh, my cover's blown. Yeah, cover's blown. <laughs> totally blown. Um, first off, thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it, especially under the weather. My son's actually sitting upstairs under the weather himself. I could drop at any point, I figure. Um, your team is having another tremendous season. Uh, I don't think anyone's surprised, and we knew the talent you had coming back. But you in your first season had success, and now in your second season you've only dropped two, one to Milliken, who you know likes to sneak up on everybody, and one to Platteville. How, how do you rate your season so far? Well, obviously we're, we're still uh, you know, in, in the middle of it. The final chapters aren't written, but uh, uh, I guess I would just start with uh, <laughs> how, how fortunate I am to have just a tremendous group of young men. Um, that uh, you, you know, you just and I think that's what we all love, and, I, and Coach Calhoun spoke to that a little bit as well. Um, we're just so fortunate, at, at, especially at the Division Three level, um, the, the quality of young men, the passion, young men and women um, that we have. That it's, it's a blessing every day to show up to to work with uh, with with our guys, and uh, you know, we, we've we've had some success, uh, but we've had some adversity. Uh, like every team, every journey you have, but uh, I, I just I love our resolve of our guys, and they've. They just kind of keep uh, hanging in there and, and, and getting better and better. When you looked at what you had, was this the type of season you expected? You know, I never, I never try to really forecast. You know, you just don't know. I mean, even though we did have, you know, a, a lot of, you know, contrasting from the year prior uh, where we had a, a major graduation in, in March last year, you know, we returned almost everybody. We only had one senior last year and, and, uh, but just because you get everybody back doesn't mean the, 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 the parts all fit the same. It's, it's like you kind of bust that puzzle up and you hope that, you know, there's improvement and growth and uh, kind of fit it back together. So certainly high expectations, that's, that's just the norm that we have here at, at WashU. But, uh, you know, you just you got to go through the, the, the journey and kind of relearn everything. And, um, you know, I think the exciting thing for us is I think we've got uh, another level or two to, to achieve. I don't think we've – We've put it all together yet, as you know. Um, you know, you want to peak and play your best basketball here, and you know, down the stretch, uh, you know, mid and late conference season, and hopefully into the postseason. I think what's scary though is you're not playing with three of your starters that you've had for much of the season. Uh, Justin Hardy, Matt Nestor, and Hank Hunter have all been out, and of course, you know, Hardy bringing in 15 and a half points a game and seven and a half rebounds. Nestor another 10 points a game, um, and of course, uh, Hank's Hank Hunter, another guy inside. You guys have adjusted pretty well because you're doing pretty well in conference play. 
Yeah, it's, it was disconcerting to look down the bench the last couple of weeks in, in games and have, have you know three all-conference players sitting in sweatsuits with clipboards in their hands. <laughs> well, at least they have clipboards. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've, and they've been great. Uh, I, I will say, you know, I've reflected a lot. You know, you, you get, you know, and every coach goes through this where you have, uh, you know, you, you have some injuries and, and uh, boy, you pray that you, you for your health of your team and your players, the, the thing that's really – you know, it's, it's always hard about it. Um, other than just you know, losing a really good player, is is particularly you know, in, in two of those cases, Matt Nestor and Hank Hunter, they're seniors, and they just you know, those opportunities to compete and play and lace them up with your teammates, you know, those are finite, and and you don't get those back, um, you know, and and so um, you know, that's always the hard thing, you know, I think as a coach is is just you know, those those opportunities that are lost. Uh, that said, it does provide opportunities, right? I mean, we have you have opportunities for guys to uh, step into new roles, and and, and absolutely um, imperative that they do. And that's kind of what's happened for us. We've had um, some young men really step forward and, and play um, with confidence, with a little more playing time, and to be able to play through some more mistakes. Um, they've really started to flourish, and ultimately, maybe you know, maybe we have a chance to reach a little higher level if we can get eventually get get our guys back. Um, as a result of this, you know, maybe there, there's the silver lining, but uh, you know, it's 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 a disappointing, obviously, for those guys just when they when they miss out on those opportunities to compete. Well, and you've been leaning on your sophomore class, which is interesting as well. Those are the guys that you know, it's not juniors necessarily, and it's not a knock on mm-hmm. the juniors, but you've got a bunch of sophomores who've stepped up. Yeah, yeah, and those guys, um, you know, Charlie Jacob, uh, Cam Mack, uh, two that 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 come forward who've. You know, we've seen the the glimpses, we've seen the snippets of, you know, there's 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 really good players, but maybe just haven't had you know sustained opportunity, and and they've uh, um, they've they've really surged forward here. Peyton Webb, who's a junior, but was out last year with an injury mm-hmm. for the majority of the season, is another, uh, and then De- Devon Rucker, who is a senior, who's uh, who's really done a heck of a job, and is just is kind of our Swiss Army knife, uh, you know, for us. But uh, particularly the two sophomores who hadn't been you know, had been playing more than the back end of the rotation, you know, now really have elevated. And, and uh, you know, we've talked, you know, uh, with them repeatedly that, you know, just, just stay right where you're at. Just keep you know, keep attacking and, and keep playing with confidence. And uh, we're all going to be better because of it. You've got an interesting set coming up because we've got the uh, UAA turn, as I call it, where you play the same two teams twice back-to-back. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you got Rochester first on Friday. Followed by eighth-ranked Emory on Sunday, and then you're going to flip it and play at Rochester the following Friday, and at currently ranked eighth Emory the following Sunday. This is this is to say it lightly, not going to be the easiest four games of the season. Hey, that's not when you present it that way. It doesn't make me feel any better. Okay, Dave. good. <laughs> I, now I know why you called in sick. <laughs> I mean, but to be honest, I mean Rochester's tough. Uh, Flakertsy always has a tough team, especially at their place. But then you also have a team in Emory that everybody's had, you know, high expectations of just as much as you guys. Sure. sure. You know, you're right. Uh, and I'll just say this too. I mean, it, the, our, our league, the UAA, um, is really, really fun right now. I, I think it's, um, you know, we had a really strong collectively uh, as a conference, a non-conference um, across the board, a lot of real quality wins from, from everybody up and down the conference. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's really talented players in this league on every roster, and, and the coaches are all working their tails off, just like in all leagues. I think I don't think it's unique to us at all, but it's a lot of fun. And 
you know, if you're not right um, on any given night or afternoon, you're you're going to get knocked off. Um, but specific to you know Rochester and then Emory, yeah, they're they're both good. They're they're both really good year in year out and have really defined systems and unique to them. And it's you know I think one of the interesting challenges is is playing you know them on a you know Friday Sunday the quick turnaround when you have the contrasting styles between Rochester and Emory. It's also a lot of fun. I think our guys enjoy the novelty of of playing against different systems and styles, but two really quality teams. And, uh, we, you know, we're looking forward, we're looking forward to competing against uh, some of the best out there. I know you're in your second season in the UAA technically, but you certainly know the conference It's changed a bit. Brandeis now in the mix, they've come on strong since their coaching change. Of course, Chicago's always tough. Um, how do you guys approach a weekend now with maybe a different variable than it was even a year ago? Yeah. You know, I, I will say it, now being in our second year, um, and I think just from from our coaching staff's perspective, I mean we have a little better feel now um, for for style and and uh, um, <clears throat> the different systems and you know things that uh, you know worked and things that adjustments we need to make, um, you know from a game to game perspective. But uh, um, yeah, it, it's a you know the, the, I tell you Friday, you know we don't play for, uh, Friday nights till eight o'clock, so Friday, mm-hmm. you know, is a long day. But I tell you what, when that game ends, um, you know, at 9.30, 9.45, whatever it is, it's just like a dead sprint because that, that Sunday noon tip seems like it shows up yeah. in, in, a, in a minute. And uh, so it's, you know, part of it is just, you know, all the things that, you know, we've been doing from October 15th and the habits you're building. It's not like we're going to change who we are uh, in a 24-hour span. It's, it's kind of, you know, we believe in what we're doing and how we're doing it. And, and maybe the emphasis in a particular game that it's a little bit different, but uh, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, and, and it's, uh, I tell you, come Sunday afternoon, you're pretty exhausted. Sure. Um, you'll finish the season with three straight on the road, Brandeis, NYU, then Chicago. So you only have what, four home games left. You're doing so well in the conference. And especially with this turnaround coming up, where you'll play two at home against Rochester Emory and then flip it and play on the road against those two is there pressure to get it done and especially pull off wins at home? Well, I think anytime you're, you're going to compete for a, a conference title, you know, you have to take care of your business at home first. And uh, so I don't know if it's pressure. I just I think it's, you know, it's an opportunity. Um, and I'm sure those teams are looking, you know, looking forward to coming and, and measuring themselves as well. Um, so I think we just kind of stay in the moment and, and know that we're going to have a, a heck of a battle on our hands on, on, on Friday. Um, you know, with Rochester, and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll regroup after that and attack the next one. Uh, so you have to follow Jim Calhoun, and now you got to take this question. Um, you left Oshkosh after taking them to the championship game, and they go and win a national championship when you're at Wash U. Uh, any, any pangs when you're watching? I know you're proud of them, don't get me wrong, but anything sitting there going, oh, man, what could have been? <laughs> You know, I've obviously been asked that question uh, quite often, particularly you know uh, last uh, you know last spring. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, I think it's human to, to have those moments. Um, you know, but I think two things. Step up. One is I, I, I love Wash U. I mean, I absolutely. Sure. I'm, I'm sure. I'm in a terrific place and uh, surrounded in, in a place where you know we we can compete you know, at a very high level and our goal is to compete for you know national championship. So, um, you know, that standard exists, um, you know, but at the same time, I, I really, truly, um, 
<laughs> could not have been more proud of, of uh, you know, that Oshkosh team and those guys. And obviously, you know, uh, those guys will be an important part of my life for the rest of my life, I hope. And, uh, you know, I've had a chance to see a lot of them or talk to them a little bit, you know, just, you know, over the last, uh, you know, six, eight months, you know, um, with a phone call or a text and, and share that. And um, I'm not surprised one bit that, that, that they came back. Matt Lewis, you know, did a remarkable job and his staff and, and obviously very proud of, 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 of him and, and uh, you know, him just kind of keep, keeping it rolling there. And, you know, we put a lot of work into getting that, you know, that program, you know, going in the right direction. And, and he was a huge part of that. So, uh, really proud of those guys, obviously, but uh, very focused on uh, the exciting things we have going at WashU. Um, by the way, I noticed three Wisconsin teams on your schedule this year. Uh, none of them finished with the word Oshkosh. <laughs> uh, what, when are we going to see a WashU Oshkosh game? Uh, well, if it happens, I hope it happens in March. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Hey, it might. Um, it might. It's, it's, yeah, it's, They're it's, playing it's well tough. in the WIAC I, I, right now. Yeah, I mean, certainly we'll, you know, it'd be a, it'd be a beautiful thing. It'd be a great thing, quite honestly, because no, um, it means we're we're both where we where we hope to be. Um, but both teams and have have a lot of work to do before that's uh, oh, you yeah. know that's something that's in, in the cards, obviously. But you know, it's it's tough. And I have um, I'm thinking back to I, I my first coaching job, or head coach. I was at Co. Yeah. And I played them. I think my third year at Oshkosh ish and. The guys that I had recruited um, were maybe seniors that year, and and that's tough. I mean, that's sure. that's uh, you, you just never enjoy going up against guys that you know competing against guys that mean a lot to you, and whether it be coaching friends or or, or players. So it's one of those tough. And once once the ball's tipped, you know you don't right. <laughs> you just compete and don't worry Completely about it. Forget. Think about it, but uh, we'll see down the road. But uh, you know, there's certainly we're positioned here in, in in the Midwest. It just makes a lot of sense to play play uh you know uh yx schools and play you know ccaw schools if you obviously look at our schedule we we've got quite a few of both and and uh that's the beauty of being in the midwest you don't have to travel far to to uh, run in some of the best out there good point sir appreciate the time as always uh especially under the weather i appreciate you coming on um as you know we give the coach the final word any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in yeah just uh, dave thanks again for everything you guys do and i just got to give a shout out to my uh to my coaching staff, uh, Kevin Duck, Steve Wilcutt, Jason Jabari, who's going to have a baby here in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. So he's going to have uh, keto number three. But uh, I'm blessed to have a great staff that uh, make me look a lot smarter than I am. So I appreciate those guys. Awesome. Hey, I appreciate the time. Uh, take care. Good luck the rest of the season. We'll look forward to seeing how the UAA race uh, finishes off. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, David. And have, and have a great day. This is awesome what you're doing. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Take care. Pat Yuckum joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsaw Hotline. Again, good team, 14-2, 5-0, but big slot of games coming up, four games. And, and don't discount Rochester. They've been in and out of my top 25, along with Emory and Wash U. Don't, and, and Brandeis, I should point out. Brandeis has been in my top 25 and currently now. Don't discount Rochester, especially at their place, but uh, Luke Flukertzi is, is pretty good. And here's what I always say. The first game is a pretty good testament of how things are. Um, of a weekend the second game can be an absolute uh, pick them there's so little time turned around to be able to you know what 36 hours and you're going to sleep for about 16 of those um and the, and you can't practice for 20 so that that turnaround and then getting ready for that second game i kind of like the adage gordon mann has as a voter listen don't put too much stock in a loss in the second game 
especially for a road team, but any game because it, it's such a tough turnaround. But that tough turnaround is going to happen twice for WashU and Emory. They got to get past their Friday games. And for Emory, that's Chicago. And you know Coach McGrath's going to be ready for them. You got to be ready for the second one, too. It's going to be fun to watch. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll keep this thing rolling. Brian Morehouse will join us. Talk about win number 600 and 601. Fastest to get there in all NCAA men's and women's. But how long will it last? You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. We'll be back with more Hoopsville right after this. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no look pass and cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. 
I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. On this marathon show, we are an hour in, and we're nowhere close to finished. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. You can email me, Dave.McHugh, at D3Sports.com. That's the easiest way to interact with us. Um, we are simulcasting on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. There's some of you in there. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, we're not simulcasting on YouTube. You may hear that reference later that we are, but we're not, unfortunately, due to some technical glitches that we're not in control of. Um, and there, there you go. That, that's my spiel. Well, we've already put a donate link out on the Facebook group. We've already gotten some significant donations. Thank you so much to those of you who've donated to the show to keep us going to the future. Uh, we will put another donation out on Twitter as well. There's already three donate pages or buttons on our main page for the marathon as well. All right, so switching gears, talking women's basketball now. The, fa the person fastest to 600 wins in coaching in any division in the NCAA and in either gender. No one's done this. 600 and a handful of losses. We'll just call it that. Now 601. And joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Skype hotline, it's the head coach of the Hope women's basketball team who are undefeated in 19-0. It is Brian Morehouse. Coach, good to see you. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, I always appreciate the opportunity, Dave, and uh, always love the coverage of your program. Nobody but does it better than D3. Well, thank you. I uh, appreciate it here coming on the show, especially uh, as you're coming off of a game last night, and you you got a game coming up again, 19 and 0 on the season. You got the win over Albion rather easily, 60 to 38. You beat Olivet the other day, 76 27 to win number 600. I guess there's there's harder ways to get to a milestone victory. Yeah, it was, uh, but it was an amazing day because of the person on the opposite sidelines for me is rebuilding that Olivet program yes. and my former player Brittany Berry. Um, amazing story is doing great things down there. Um, actually had cancer surgery uh, just right after uh, right after the holidays. Um, she's pregnant with their first child, uh, going through a lot, but somehow I made it there to play that game for my 600th. That was her first game back coaching. So it was uh, an emotional day for me to be able to see her on the other sidelines and sharing that day with her. To say she probably had that date circled would probably be an understatement. Well, I didn't know that that I didn't know 600 was on the horizon. People think that I track stuff like that. I don't. Um, and the first time I heard about it was when she texted me and said, uh, I won't use all the words, but if, if you don't mess this up, like I could be on the sideline for your 600th win. And I said, my 600th win. She said, yeah, you idiot. I was there for 500 playing. Now I'm going to be there for 600. <laughs> And uh, so that was my first indication that there was a milestone on the way. And I didn't know until after the game 
that I was the first one uh, that I was the fastest one to 600, which was, and then they started naming off the people that were on the list. And I was, it was, I, it was amazing. Even faster than on the men's side. And there's been some pretty darn good men's coaches who've done this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Mount Rushmore of uh, great coaches. Exactly. Uh, I do find it funny that she already kind of predicted that you'd get the win against her squad. Um, Granted, they're rebuilding, so I do kind of understand that sentiment. Uh, Just joking a little bit here, you may not survive long on this list. GP Gramacki could come swooping through very soon. Are you going to maybe schedule a few games against Amherst, try and knock knock them down a few? I I should do that, Um, absolutely. (laughs) But I would – no, there's there are a few other people that I'd like to get passed by more than GP. I mean, he's first class. We've got a great relationship. We talk about our families a lot. Uh, share about the the trials and the tribulations of coaching and being away from your family and with your family. So um, he's a he's a an amazing coach. And uh, to have him, if he's the guy or or woman that passes me, that's okay. Yeah, I figured, especially to keep it in Division Three, not too shabby. Um, by the way, I was told that Olivet is giving me notice that the one of the uh, zeros balloon is still in the rafters, uh, and that they're glad it didn't affect your next game. You lost one of the six hundred balloons. That's a good story, actually. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, picture with the parents and all the people that came to the game and right. everything, and somebody brought the the six and the zero and the zero and. So you got three of my players in the front row and they're holding the 600 balloons. And, you know, the kid that's got the six is doing her job. The kid that's holding the first zero doing their job. The kid that's holding the third zero screws it up. It happens to be my child, my daughter, Meg, uh, her freshman year at Hope College. And that was the turnover of the day. But (laughs) it's lasted and it's staying at all yes it, it is still at all in the rafters they haven't touched it the fact that your daughter sir is just priceless oh it's, it's pretty amazing i mean my dad's on my staff we got three generations yep. of more so um you know my dad was just i think it's his 55th year in coaching uh this year uh that's not wow. my 55th year obviously <laughs> and then uh, to have your daughter you know be a talented enough uh be choose your college with uh she had a lot of different choices a lot of different opportunities uh it has been a, a really special and uh unique year and it's been a good year i mean people have asked if it's been easy or hard you know to coach your kid uh she comes out she busts her butt every single day uh she's a great teammate that makes her job as being a, a member of the team easier i think because her teammates really love her because of those characteristics sure uh, I noticed it didn't cost her because she still played in the next game. Yeah, we uh, we we didn't sit her for that game. Uh, she is still on the roster. Uh, however, it uh, will be taken out of her allowance. <laughs> are you allowed to give her an allowance, sir? Are we are we talking about something we shouldn't be talking about right now? It comes from her mother officially, okay. I think. So, uh, you know, I, I'm really not – I've never have been involved in the actual handing out of money. Uh, my Fair. wife has controlled that for many, many years. I often question why they're getting the amount that they're getting, <laughs> but I have not yet assumed control. That's why you got to keep coaching, sir. It's going to keep coming out of your pocket. You just don't know it yet. You got that right. Uh, let's, talk, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your team. Uh, here's what's scary, and no disrespect to Tolbert or Russell. But this team is not about seniors. 
It's about a whole core of juniors who are clicking along. Muller leading the way at 10.5 points a game. Voskul at 8 plus, almost 9. Uh, Schoenfeld at, at 8.7. Newman, 7.6. All these juniors. Barnes and then Thomas. So the two seniors and Tolbert Russell certainly contribute. But this is a team that if you're scared about them now, you're going to be scared about them next year too. Pretty good. You know, I think the leap that they've taken from last year to this year has been significant also. And uh, I, I give them a tremendous amount of credit. Um, I made some pretty big assumptions last year during their sophomore years um, just about how advanced they were, about their basketball knowledge. And I probably sped them along too quickly, and that was my fault. But uh, they have really worked hard to um, – play and act and really run our program like juniors. And it is exciting to think about their senior year, but we're going to enjoy the ride of their junior year for as long as we can. Oh, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. I'm curious, though, how do we gauge how tough and how good you guys are? It, it Because when you look at the schedule, there's only a couple of games. One, the, the, the MIAA isn't as competitive as it's been the last few years. And I know from an internal point of view, it's always competitive. But I mean, from an external point of view, it, it's not as top heavy as we're as we're used to. You've got yeah, you've got a good win over Benedictine, who certainly is having a good season. There's a couple others in there, but you know, two games against Finlandia. Oh, by the way, the win over North Park. I'm going to give you a ton of credit for that, holding them to 45. They're up top of the CCIW. That's a tremendous game. But that's it. That's all I've got is two games outside of conference. Tell us more about how good this team is, because honestly, I think it's hard to gauge. Yeah, I think it's a fair question. Uh, First of all, I think maybe our league is a little bit better than what people are giving it credit for. I think if you look at Trine's, if you look at Trine's schedule, you can tell a lot about our league. Um, they, they've, I'm, people will argue with me, but I think it has to be one of the more difficult schedules okay. in in the United States up to this point. Um, you know, Albion fifteen and three. I think that they played some quality teams. UT Dallas. Um, you know, got them, but I think they played a pretty quality schedule and I'm not disagreeing, you know, like there is a separation um, at times in our league, you know, as you go further down, but I, I do think trying has played, like if they had played a weaker schedule, people would say, well, they only have two losses on the year. Instead, okay. some of the teams that they scheduled and went out against, I mean, their strength of schedule is off the charts. Um, that being said, I think you got to watch us to understand how good we are. And I think it's fair to say, you know, maybe we haven't played Amherst yet. We haven't played some of those schools. But I think for who we've played, but more importantly, how we've played is the way to judge this team. And I've been around long enough to know that, uh, you know, defense and rebounding travel, and we're pretty doggone good defensively. Uh, I think that we have um, – I haven't seen everybody play, so that's it would be a big statement. But I think we have, if not the best defensive player in the United States, we have one of the top defensive players in Olivia Bosco. Uh, certainly, uh, I enjoy watching you guys defensively, and your stats scream defense, holding teams to 41 points. And I think that's where the confusion comes. Again, North Park, you held to 45. They're on top of the CCIW. Now i got to figure out the CCIW. You're right about trying. Certainly a very good team this year. Benedictine's having a great year. You held them to 48. You scored 92. But then again, what do I think of the Midwest Conference? I think that's where it gets complicated. Yep. And, and certainly it's hard. And, and watching games is a big help. And, and that's why I ask you, though, because I know while you have a biased point of view, you also have a realistic point of view. You've been, you've been blunt with me before. 
Uh, I think last year you even came up to me and said, wow, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I, you know, not nothing necessarily to this conversation. So that's why I ask, is this team, though, got to keep going and not take a hit to get people to buy in? Or can you take a loss and still be that team you think you are? Well, I think we can take a loss. I mean, I think that uh, I think that we're I mean, I certainly think that we're tournament um, worthy. Uh, I think the big thing for me is I think our defense will be good. Um, I, I think that we've got to stay injury free. Everybody does in the United States. And I think that we've got to um, we've got to continue to find ways to score the ball. And I know that that I know that that sounds a little bit crazy, because if you look at some of our scores, you know, we have gotten out on some people with big with big leads and big scores. But I think if there's one Achilles heel that we have, we don't necessarily score the ball easily um, because uh, I, I just think we, you know, we're not eight, nine deep. Um, and I think, uh, you know, so that's why I say injuries are a big thing. Our defense has to travel with us. Uh, and then, you know, the team, if we get, if somebody gets us, it's going to be because, our offense didn't do its job, which is what almost happened in the first Albion game, you know, well, 43, 41 or something ridiculous like that. We <laughs> couldn't throw it in the ocean from the beach in the second half against them. I mean, it was embarrassing how bad we were offensively. And, and, and that was my fault. I mean, I didn't make adjustments in the second half and, you know, our, I put our kids in a really bad spot in that game. And I think we learned a lot from that game and that's why we played better on the road at Albion. And if you were in that gym last night, you know that that was a significant win because it was a huge student section. They sit right on top of you. The band was there. The cheerleaders were there. The place was packed. It was rocking. It was an amazing Division Three environment last night. And our kids stood up to the test and really came out swinging and never backed down the whole game and uh, played one of the better games that I've had a team play in the last three years. That's fun. Um, yeah, you scored 15 more points and held them to five less, 60 to 38 versus the 45, 43 result earlier in December. So certainly a significant change there. Love hearing about D3 environments, even hearing Jim Calhoun earlier talking about the environment they had at Albertus Magnus. That's, that kind of gets me excited. I appreciate that. Um, before I let you go, one of the things I kind of put my head through a wall about, and I know you and I talked about last year, Hope Calvin games, uh, one game at Calvin this year, one game at Hope this year. Come, there's got to be a better way to do this, Brian. Even if it's if it's especially for Hope Calvin. <laughs> no, his mic's not broken, folks. Uh, are you choosing your words wisely? Oh man, I know our commissioner's watching right now. So I love my your commissioner, but there's got to be a better way here. Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, I were they even at the same time? It sounds, it sounds like you think that you're better than everybody else and you want preferential treatment i, I no. so i, I don't want to err on that side i don't well, think let me let me preface this brian by saying i have the same problem in the centennial conference they have the wacky schedule in the centennial conference we get double headers with two different teams yeah I, it should be a double header and you shouldn't play the hope calvin game on december 1st fair yeah i, I, I mean, give you that i, I give think, you that one too and again, again, I, I'm not trying to downplay anybody else in our league, um, but I also think that you should have natural rival games, and they should mean something in your league. Sure. Okay. So I'll say, you know, I, I think that Tufts and Bowden ought to play in the last game of the year. I mean, I think sure. that 
Absolutely. Amherst Williams. Yeah, I think that Hope and Calvin should play near the last game of the year, and they shouldn't play on December 1st. Um, I I just think it's – and everybody can pick their own rival. I mean, in our own league, we have a number of teams that have rivalries that are geographically – you know, they're close to each other. They, they they fight over the same kids. You know, they're just natural rivals, and I would just like to see those recognized. But, again, I don't make the schedule. I, I mean, we're, we're going through some stuff with scheduling right now for sure. the 15th time, so I'm, I'm banging my head against the wall. But um, in the end, I love the league that we play in, and, uh, you know, I, I love the coaches that we're going up against right now. It's a lot of fun. For, for, for my vantage point, it was different days, so be it. But when it was the same day, yeah. same time, two different places, awesome. boggled my mind. But you I digress. Go you got to go double header in that situation. I agree. Right? I, I absolutely, yeah. And again, I've seen it in the Centennial Conference. I see another, in Centennial Conference, I'll, I'll call one game against a women's school and the next game's the men's, but against a different school. Yeah. And it just, as a broadcaster, flips my brain six ways a Sunday, but uh, they also switch benches at McDaniel. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> so they really confused me. <laughs> I got the visiting team next to me one game. I got the home team next to me the next game. Really boggles me. But anyway, I'm I'm easily confusable. Hey, Brian, really appreciate the time. I got to let you go. Um, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? Yeah, Division Three basketball is amazing this year. And if you haven't been out to a game, get out. But most of the people are watching the show get out to watch games, right? So I think the bigger thing is, I think the, the women's side, especially, I don't I don't follow the men as much. The women's side is set up with a ton of parity this year. Mm-hmm. I think it's set up for some huge upsets in the national tournament. I hope that we're not one of them. <laughs> uh, but I also think that there's going to be some great games in the NCAA tournament this year, and it's going to be uh, definitely must-see, must-see basketball once we get to March. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a fun uh, fun year on the women's side, especially men's side. It's wide open, but the women's side more open than we've ever seen it. Uh, appreciate the time. Congratulations again, um, and we'll do something we can to slow GP down for you. <laughs> I, I, I think short of, you know, just telling him he can only coach 10 games a year, uh, <laughs> you know, or making him play some Division twos and some Division ones. I, <laughs> I am not long for this record, and, and that's okay. I, I'm okay with that. And, Dave, as always, thank you for making Division Three such a big thing. Um, we need to support people like uh, you and your program to make sure we continue to have this uh, this idea of and, and putting Division Three out in front of people in a meaningful way. It's a huge part of the Division Three success. Well, thanks, Brian. I appreciate that. Very kind of you. Take care of yourself. We'll look forward to talking to you down the road and, and enjoy the rest of the season. Sounds good. Thanks, Dave. All right. See you, buddy. Brian Morehouse joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Skype hotline. They've got Kalamazoo up next at home, then Adrian on the road in the next two games. Uh, they got more home games and road games coming up. Four out of the next six will be at home, so that'll be fun for them. But uh, um, good team, and I'm glad he, he talked about just how good they may be because it is tough, I think, sometimes to read on the outside. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll continue rolling along. Who do we have next? Um, oh, yes, ripping women's basketball. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. Back with more Hoops so when we come back.
College has given me the flexibility to pursue my passions and my interests, and I've recreated my identity for myself aside from just being an athlete. My greatest personal discovery has been that I am capable of doing things that I didn't know I was capable of doing. To be able to study what I wanted to and continue to play the sport I love, all of those things came together very nicely in one package in Division Three. Cheer for the stumbles. The Heat should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, dave.mcue at d3sports.com or many other ways. We're simulcasting on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. And if you're listening to the podcast wondering why we didn't have it on YouTube, well, we didn't have it on YouTube. I, that's all I can tell you. We had some technical glitch on the back end of YouTube, but we don't understand. All right, sticking with women's basketball team, you should be watching in the Midwest Conference is ripping. They're 13-4, and four, though St. Norbert unfortunately tripped them up ending a long winning streak last night 50 to 41 but they still Rippon is on top of the conference by a game on Monmouth 
And those two have distanced themselves from the rest of the conference. Of course, that always begs the question, what do we make of Rippin? What do we make of the conference? Well, that's why we have this show. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Skype hotline, it is Lauren Buzalaki. Coach, thanks first and foremost for joining us. I appreciate the time. Dave, thanks for having us. We appreciate you from the Midwest Conference and absolutely from Rippin College as well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I know coming off of a tough loss to St. Norbert, uh, of course, St. Norbert kind of in the middle of the conference now, five and five. What do we attribute that to? Is it just the dog days of January, as they say? Yeah, St. Norbert came out. Credit to them. They came out. Uh, Coach Amanda has her players playing super hard, uh, and they were they were very physical with us, and we didn't respond well to that, Dave. So um, good learning weekend for us, kind of hopefully got us refocused and uh, gave us a couple of new things to work on in practice, of course, which this timing was important. So we're thankful for that. I think there's sometimes that I would I would think coaches smile at a loss like that because it's one of those like, you know, so those things we were telling you in practice, uh, we were serious. Um, remember when we wanted you a little bit more up for games? We were serious. It feels like sometimes you need to take a hit like that to remind the team they're not infallible. Yeah, I think you know nobody's above failure in college basketball or in life, and so uh, you know we have to go, we have to approach every opportunity uh, as just that, an opportunity. And they're limited this time of year. Of course, we only have eight regular season games left, so uh, we hope kind of that punch in the face woke us up a little bit. And I don't smile too many times after losses, Dave, but so oh, that took me a while. Subtle, uh, subtle smile. Thursday, so. Uh, we got to move on from it eventually, but uh, yeah, we hope we hope we learn from it, and that's to see how our team responds, to see how just student athletes respond, uh, is important. Sure, I do mean the subtle smile, the right. the one you just to yourself go, huh? I told him. It's kind of yeah. like when your kid reaches for the for the flame on a candle after you told him it was hot, and then they look at you like it's hot. You're like, mm -hmm. yep, I told you, it's hot. Yeah. Yeah, you know, nothing's easy in, in sports. And so you can't just walk out there and think that things are going to happen. We have to go after them and we have to make them happen. Uh, this team led by Allison Leslie at 13 and a half points a game and uh, Alassa. Alyssa, yep. Aly See, I overthought it. Alyssa Burgess at 12 and a half. Those two certainly kind of the bread and butter. Alyssa's missed a few games, um, which isn't all that surprising. But what jumps out is is Leslie is shooting 51% from beyond the arc and 49% from the floor. Those are some dangerous numbers. Yeah, Alza, she came in her freshman year ready to compete, and uh, we benefited from that. She was, a, she was part of a really good high school basketball program in Wisconsin at Clayton High School, uh, went to the state tournament, uh, competed well there also. So we have big expectations for her. Even probably more important is she has really big expectations for herself, uh, and she's been pretty consistent up to this point. So uh, she's a fun player to play with for her teammates, and she's a fun player to coach because of that. She's a freshman. Oh, by the way, she's yeah. going to be around for a while. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're excited about that. <laughs> Um, when you look at how this team is doing and what you guys, I mean, you're coming off a 19 and nine campaign last year, 16 and two in conference, certainly a good year. Um, unfortunately it ended thanks to St. Thomas, uh, in the first round unceremoniously, as they say, was this year kind of expected to be a build off of last year or were, did you guys come in obviously with a freshman leading score? Did you guys come in knowing what you may be able to do? Uh, 
we, you know, we lost three starters. So uh, that's probably a pretty big hit no matter what level, I think, uh, coming back. So uh, there were quite a few unknown questions coming into this year. Our culture, uh, we were hoping to stay the same, you know, and to build upon, which uh, we take a lot of pride in uh, within our program at Ripon College. So, uh, yeah, I can't, you know, we're just trying to take it one day at a time, Dave, and trying to get a little bit better every day. And the team's been really good uh, about that approach as well. They've been a fun team to coach. Last year, you had five losses to start the season. And at one point, you guys were sitting at three and seven on the year. Rallied from there until St. Thomas, only one loss after that. You really had a strong second two-thirds of the season. Can you use that momentum moving forward, or, or is it always a clean slate? We like we like we like this time of the year traditionally. That's been uh, you know within our program, our players, you know, coming off of a strong break. Uh, we like we do we like this time of the year, and uh, we know what's on the line as well. Uh, it's a fun atmosphere to play in, in at the end of January and in February, uh, and every every game so important. So uh, you know everybody's kind of out to punch everybody else in the face in our league, and uh, that's a fun fun experience to be a part of. So, uh, you know, we hope we just take one game at a time and focus on the present moment and make the most of uh, whatever we have left together as a program and as a team. Well, we got five of the next eight at home. We're looking at the home just over your shoulder. Nice little uh, backdrop there. Monmouth and Grinnell to start this coming weekend, then on the road, Lake Forest, Lawrence, home against Cornell, on the road, Monmouth, and finishing up against Lake Forest and Knox. I assume it goes without saying you got to take care of the home home corridor, as I can tell in the background, the roost. Yes, you're right. You have to take care of home and defend your home court and then steal from people away. And that's that's the philosophy, I think, of everyone this time of the year. Sure. When you talk to the team in the locker room coming off this St. Norbert one, as you guys get ready for the weekend against Monmouth and Grinnell, what is the message, especially at this point in the, of the season? message pretty much stays the same Dave we're just trying to find you know a new best whether that's taking care of the basketball or at the free throw line those are two categories that we have to continue to try to work to get better in um, even on the defensive end just making sure that we stay true to kind of our signatures as well uh, which is rebounding and contesting shots so uh, we came we're coming off of a really slow weekend on the offensive end and you know what we're trying to do is score a little bit earlier in the shot clock trying to score, get the ball a little bit earlier to the paint as well in every possession. And uh, we're just trying to figure out a new best within those categories. You've got an inter- Sorry to cut you off. Uh, you have an interesting weekend this weekend because you have Monmouth first, and that's obviously the big game for the top. You got want to distance yourselves a little further away from Monmouth at the top of the conference. But then you've got Grinnell on the backside, and people could argue that's the trap game because you come off of Monmouth, let's say you come off with a win, Maybe the team's not even thinking about Grinnell. How do you get a team to focus on both games when you got to play them in such a short period of time, especially when the second game may be the most dangerous? Yeah, we think, as I think our staff thinks every game's dangerous right now, Dave. And so I think that uh, coming off of last weekend, I think, you know, we probably had the best reminder, the best lesson that we could have as a team from our seniors to our underclassmen and freshmen. So, uh, you know, we just want to stay focused. We want to come out and be our best for 40 minutes, as much as those 40 minutes as we can. 
Uh, we're fortunate that our league has these two back-to-back weekends, one home and one away, just uh, to get whatever team, whoever wins the conference tournament, to be ready for the NCAA tournament. And so we look at it as an advantage. It's a challenge. We already did it away. Uh, we want to do it at home as well. Uh, probably a little bit more comfortable at home, of course, because of the travel or the lack thereof. So, uh, you know, we're just going to try to keep our players focused on the present moment and about being, you know, playing the best that we can be. And we know our time is limited. And that might be uh, the secret to this time of the year is just knowing that as seniors, time is limited. As, as juniors and sophomores and freshmen, our time is limited. We sure. only have a month to see how great uh, this 2019-2020 team can be. And um, that's special, and that's for everybody. That should make it a really special experience. Yeah, it makes total sense. Interesting enough, though, Monmouth is the first time you'll play them this year. You've already repeated against Beloit and uh, St. Norbert and I think even Illinois College. Um how do, it's kind of weird because you've already gone through a few games now where, where you've already started to repeat the game strategy and repeat the opponent everybody knows, and now you got to disengage and go, okay, we haven't played Monmouth this year. Let's get everybody focused again. And that's kind of a – usually we don't see it broken up like that, a little odd. Yeah, I guess it's typical for the Midwest Conference. You know, those are all formulas that are calculated, so uh, the schedule gets cleared by – our commissioner and we just move forward with it. So every year, every year that affects everybody in our league that way. We play some people twice by the end of January and we haven't faced uh, other people by the end of January as well, even once. So a little bit different, a little unique. Uh, (laughs) You just have to, you know, you got to make the best of uh, everything that is handed to you. And that's our job. That's part of being a student athlete and part of being just involved in athletics is to take care of what's right in front of us. Uh, seventh season, you guys have certainly found your legs, as it were, in the last three or four as a program. Really impressive to see what you guys have been doing, especially in conference. Appreciate you coming on and talking about it. We certainly wish you luck the rest of the way, uh, keeping our eyes uh, on the Red Hawks. Of course, the men's team coming off with a big upset the other night as well, keeping an eye on them too. I almost had a coin flip, uh, though it wasn't that hard. We wanted to talk to you guys. Um, as always, we appreciate the time, and, and we, we wish you luck. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Yeah, just thanks for all your time and your help and just the effort that you put into covering Division Three basketball on both the men's and women's side, Dave. You're, um, you do an outstanding job, you and your staff, and uh, we're excited for uh, you guys to grow as well as uh, this division and this level to grow as well. So thank you so much for all your time. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on, spending some part of your day, especially coming off of last night. Appreciate that. Good luck the rest of the way. Don't yell at the kids too loud tonight. I, you know, right. you got to save it for the weekend. Uh, <laughs> exactly right. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Lauren Buzalaki joining us here to talk about the Rippin' Red Hawks. Again, uh, 19 wins last season, two back-to-back 17 wins a year before. They're building to even more than that this year, possibly. Team to watch out for in the Midwest Conference. I don't, I don't think anybody's talking about in the Central Region. And CCIW, why it gets a lot of attention. There's other teams like uh, Rippon that are uh, clicking along, too, that should be watched out for. We'll take another break when we come back. I don't even remember where we're going. I think we're switching gears to talk men's basketball with Ryan Highland at John Jay, if memory serves. We'll figure it out together when you're watching Hoopsville. Presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this.
Basketball has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I just wanted to get good grades and to do well. But it also made me realize that I have a lot of career goals. You're there to get a full college experience, not only participate in your sport, but participate in things outside of that. And it's all about growing as a person. My coaches have helped me with figuring out who I really am. Their lives are dedicated for us to succeed. Right, we'll cut that off. I lost track of time where the break was. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. It is our marathon shows. We're closing in on finishing off two hours, which I can't believe already. Already had a number of great guests, and we hope you're enjoying it. Simulcasting on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoops. And for those of you who found us somehow and wondering why we're not on YouTube, I apologize. 
for whatever reason, can't simulcast on it today. We'll try and get it solved for the future, but I'm not even sure we're going to be able to get it solved anytime quick. Uh, something about copyright, about stuff we're running that are PSAs. Go figure. One of the reasons we're on Blue Frame Technologies to run their uh, advertising systems. But to be blunt, we don't even have those up and running just as of yet due to technical glitches as well. We're still working on it because we know we'll get some big shows ahead. We'll keep things moving along. If you haven't been paying attention to CUNYAC, then you've been missing maybe a new kid on the block. 16 and 12 last year, 12 and 15 the year before. They're not that far removed from 3 and 22. We're talking about the Bloodhounds, by the way, awesome uh, mascot name, of the John Jay men's basketball team. They are 14 and 5. They are 7 and 1 in conference action. A game up on Baruch and Brooklyn and two ga a game and a half up on Lehman. Not bad for Ryan Highland, who now joins us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Coach, and I... And kind of glad I'm saying coach, Ryan. Welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time, sir. I appreciate it, Dave. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. For those of you watching, we'll get uh, Ryan's graphic up here. For some reason, I didn't get it made today. Um, you got to, first and foremost, let's talk about the antithesis here. Because you're a Catholic grad. You played a Catholic. Uh, you then coached a Catholic. I'm used to seeing you on the sidelines of Catholic. You then disappeared on me, and all of a sudden you pop up at John Jay. Um, I know you have some roots up in that neck of the woods, so my gut feeling is that's why you're up there. But tell us what drew you to John Jay. Uh, just the opportunity. Um, you know, I was in my second year as a as a GA at Catholic, and I knew the time was coming where I, I had to look for the next job. And <laughs> I sat there like a lot of guys do and clicked on every link that popped up on Hoop Dirt and applied to every job around the country. And <laughs> Uh, I was really, really fortunate to get an interview here with uh, then athletic director Carol Cashow, and um, you know the interview went well. They asked me to come back, and um, you know that, that's kind of the whole story. I got really lucky, and they took a big chance on me at you know 25 years old, and um, it, it took a while, like you mentioned, that three and 22 season. It, it took a while to figure out how to write this ship, but um, you know it's been a, it's been a fun learning process for us. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you get 3-22 and 22 that first season. You probably were at some point thinking to yourself, uh, what did I get myself into? A little bit, a little bit. Uh, we, we got to Christmas time, and it, it took a little bit of stepping away and um, you know, really relying on my staff and my family and you know, the support that was around us to, to soldier on. And we, we knew we needed to get out recruiting, and, and you know, we're seeing the, the benefit of that a couple of years down the road now. Yeah, sure, Absolutely. Uh, it doesn't it always if you're if you're able to recruit well it always is shows up quickly for you um by the way i don't know which is larger your roster or your coaching staff um <laughs> i see eight guys in suits are we serious here we have uh seven assistant coaches um <laughs> I'm, I'm beyond fortunate it looks funny on the website it looks funny on the bench but uh, each one of those guys bring an unbelievable um specialized skill set to us we have some guys who have you know, degrees in kinesiology of other guys who worked at Google for six years, mm. um, some of the best recruiters, I would say, in the Northeast, and, you know, guys who are, um, none of them came here as a friend and, and now are, are more like family than that. And, um, you know, each guy knows his role really well and, and really thrives in it, and, and it makes my job um, seriously easier on a day-to-day. I was going to say, uh, you certainly can do a lot of different scrimmage options if they're willing to put on some um, some practice gear. Uh, they can play. Yeah, <laughs> they can play. That could make things some rather interesting. Uh, Fourteen and five, as you said, obviously building a program. We should talk about the fact that John Jay is kind of a unique school. Its official name is John Jay College of Criminal Justice. So you're not exactly getting just. Every, you're not in a liberal arts college. You're not a, a, a university with BS degrees. 
You're kind of more specialized. Is that a fair way of saying it? And thus recruiting might be a little bit different? So when the college was created about 55 years ago, that, that was the, the mantra of the school. It was strictly criminal justice. It was uh, essentially a two-year college for, for students in the police academy to get the required credits that they needed. Um, since then, school's morphed. Um, we are a liberal arts school. We have 37 different majors. Um, we definitely still specialize in criminal justice. We're the number one school in the world for forensic psychology, criminal justice studies, criminal justice management, and so on. Um, you know, but, but the guys on our team are indicative of the school. We have economics majors, gender study majors, uh, psychology majors, sociology majors, um, you know, guys coming from not only just New York City, um, but, but all over the country to come here for, you know, these specific programs that we have. Oh, that's why we asked the question. Uh, it's a unique college. Of course, you're in the CUNYAC, which is all full of unique colleges. You guys are in a little bit of flux here because Staten Island said, oh, by the way, we're leaving. Did we mention that to you guys? We forgot to mention that. We're terribly sorry. So you're playing Staten Island games because the NCAA has approved it, so you don't have to go scrambling to find two more games. But they're also not technically a member of the conference anymore. I'm sure all that news shook everybody up uh, about a year ago now. It was about a year ago. Um, you know, they were afforded a great opportunity, and they have an amazing uh, setup over there. That's a great school with with an unbelievable facility. And uh, I'm not going to miss recruiting against them and TJ <laughs> Tibbs and his staff. Um, you know, they're, you're going to see them really quickly rise the ranks of, of the ECC in Division Two. Um, they've got all the makings to be a really successful program in Division Two. Well, uh, I think you're still going to be recruiting against him. I hate to tell you. Uh, yeah, just a different true. take on it. Uh, so what was the goal of the program? Again, you were 3-22. and 22, Now you're 14-5. and five. Did you expect to get that good that quick? And, and are you re- winning some recruiting battles that maybe John Jay hasn't won in the past? No question. Uh, we, we went outside the box a few years ago. Um, you know, the CUNYAC obviously specializes and, and is created to um, – you know, to be a place for New York City students. And, and we didn't want to shy away from that, but we thought there was an opportunity there with, with the school that we have and the programs that we have, um, you know, to broaden that a little bit and, and to kind of get out from recruiting against, you know, Baruch and Hunter and CCNY every time we go on the road. So um, we ventured into Long Island. That's where we had a lot of success early on with guys like Doug Levy and Kyle LaGuardia. Uh, we went over to New Jersey and found, you know, Sean Epps, who's, school's all-time leading scorer with 1,800 points. And um, we went out to Seattle and found Jerome Petty in Miami and found Luciano Cruz. And, um, you know, to be able to sell Midtown Manhattan to these guys wasn't very difficult. So we, we were able to, to kind of diversify the way that things had normally been done here recruiting-wise. And um, I think that's what helped us kind of shape the expectations for, you know, it, it's definitely a, a, a two-year, four-year, five-year process down the road. But uh, we can we can be good. There's no reason why we can't be a successful team in the CUNYAC and, and across the country here at John Jay. What do you bring from Catholic? Um, you and I would spend too much time saying hi to each other in pregame. Uh, so I kind of know what you what you had there, besides looking always dapper more than anybody else there at the time, including myself uh, or your coaching or your coaches. Um, but what do you bring to from Catholic? up to John Jay that you think is making a difference? I learned a lot from, from Steve during my time there, um, you know, getting to spend seven years in, in that office or in that gym with him. Um, I learned how to work really more than anything. Um, learned, learned the value of, of getting there early and staying late and, and getting the job done. And whether that was you know, 
for a scouting report or that was for recruiting or, or if that was something that our guys needed, whether it was to get in the gym or to watch film. Um, you know, I learned the value of, of putting the time in. Um, I carried that up here with us, and I think I've passed that along now to, to the small army of assistants that I have. And, um, you know, we're going to work hard. If, if we're not going to be successful, it's not going to be because we didn't, we didn't put the work in. Uh, you have bracketed with two three-game winning streaks with a loss to Keystone in non-conference play in the middle of that. Um, you've got a win over Stevenson this season. Uh, that was at your place. You got them to come up, get Gary <laughs> Stewart up to New York. I guess it wasn't that hard to do that. Um, you got a win against Canton. Luckily, you got them to come to you uh, instead of having to travel away up to Canton. You're playing well. And ahead of you, you've got, you just got a, the win over Lehman. You got Baruch and CCNY. You've got, actually got a lot of home games. You've got four of the next six at home. Brooks, CCNY, Medgravers, and, and, and Brooklyn, while games York and Hunter on the, on the road. Is this, are you, I don't want to say you're in the catbird seat, but do you feel like you guys are control your own destiny is a better way of saying it? Uh, I, think, I think you have that, you know, that, that temptation to look ahead, but um, our entire season – and for years now, um, you know, we, we circle Baruch when the schedule comes out, and, and that's an important game for our team and for our guys. And um, it happens to be our next game. So, you know, easy coach speak, it's, it's the most important game on our schedule. Sure. But, um, you know, we have to go through them. They won our conference last year. Um, you know, they, they really are a tough team. They're extremely well coached. They play the right way. They play defense. They play hard. Um, you know, I might be able to look ahead a little bit come Sunday if we're, if we're sitting there at 15 and five. But um, you know, we had a tough schedule in the beginning of the year. We we traveled out on a couple trips. We mm-hmm. played our first four conference games on the road, and you know, now we're benefiting from that. And and we we are at home for a bunch of them, and um, our guys are excited. We start practicing about you know 15 minutes, and, and they're ready to go. <laughs> you should joke that on the road is in New York, but then again, getting around New York is probably like it's probably easier to go up into Connecticut to see a, to get a game than it is to make your way around the, the metro. Um, we got to Keystone faster than we got to Staten Island this year. That doesn't shock me in any way, shape, or form. I've <laughs> driven around that area. I don't. Uh, yeah, no shock. Um, Jason Brower leading the team. He's a senior at 16.5 points a game, uh, also pulling down seven rebounds. Doug Levy, a senior, pulling down a double-double with 14 points and 10 rebounds. And Kyle LaGuardia, appropriate name, <laughs> 11 points a game. Six rebounds, and I don't want to forget Angel Rivera. He's also pulling down nine points as well. Those guys are also handing out plenty of assists with Ford being the top guy in that category. you got a lot of guys contributing in a lot of different ways. That always seems to make a team dangerous. No question. We're, we're, we're deep. We like to say we're deep, um, but I think more than anything, we're versatile. Um, you know, we've had a number of different guys, each of the one that you just went through, plus a couple others down on the bench who've, led us in scoring this this year so far and um you know jason and doug and kyle in particular you know each of them can play four positions on the court for us um you know with size with length with the ability to defend i mean kyle we call him a unicorn i mean he he often guards the other team's point guard at six six and you know we kind of masquerade him as a five man because doug shoots you know 45 percent from three at six seven so um you know we're we're playing around with a a lot of for me a lot of fun toys to tinker with and (laughs) Um, it makes us hard to predict offensively, and it, it certainly makes us um, you know, suffocating at times defensively. You went from a cardinal to a bloodhound, nothing against Catholic, who will be on the show later, uh, their women's coach. Uh, I kind of like the bloodhound mascot more. 
Uh, absolutely. I'm I'm 100% changed in that. <laughs> but We're I also may be speaking from sport. I might be Yeah, that's true. Good point. Uh, I also might be speaking from my bias, but that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> anything against that Cardinal group is is all I got to say. Um, Ryan, appreciate the time. I, I'm fascinated because the CUNYAC, the one thing we've learned about it, Ryan, is anything's possible. We've seen some wackiness when it comes to the tournament. So I know we're far from over here. But what you've done at John Jay has been pretty impressive to get them into the conversation, and I applaud you for that. Um, and like I said, when I saw your name pop up over with the program, I went, wow, okay, didn't see that coming. Um, so I congratulate you on the success that you've had. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Uh, just a thank you. Uh, thank you to you, Dave. It's been great getting to know you for the, you know, over 10 years now. And jeez, <laughs> um, don't date us. <laughs> I, uh, you know, back as an assistant at Catholic, I used to always watch these shows and listen to these shows and, you know, never really thought I'd be able to come on it and talk to you. So grateful for that opportunity. Um, you know, I'm thankful to my, to my staff, like coach Yukum said before, um, you know, they make me look a heck of a lot smarter than I am. And, uh, really thankful for the fans we have, you know, we've, we've been, we've been, filling up the gym, filling up the doghouse for our games. And, you know, it starts with my, my parents and my brother and my wife. And, you know, really thankful for them and, and their support in doing this and, and all the other fans that have been coming out. And if you're around and you're in New York and you're listening, you know, please come by. The games are free. It gets nice and loud, and it's a lot of fun. It's a special place to be. I don't think there's anything for you to do if you've got an assistant team of eight, just for the record. I, I think you get to enjoy this. I, I don't sweat very much. <laughs> Sir, thanks so much. Take care of yourself. We'll look forward to talking to you down the road and, and enjoy the rest of the season. I appreciate it. Thanks Absolutely. a lot. Ryan Hyland joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Again, they are 14-5, and 7-1 in conference play with Baruch coming up on the first. Uh, that would be Saturday. Uh, then they've got CCNY next Wednesday on the road against York, New York, the following Saturday. Lo the Bloodhounds is a mascot, just for the record, as he pointed out, the only one in the, in the nation um the cuniac race is always fun to watch usually only one team comes out of it obviously and probably only one team comes out of it this year unless something crazy happens but uh it's usually been the baruch show john jay has made a difference and we'll look forward to seeing how that all plays out as we move forward in the season real quick reminder that we are um making the marathon once again a donation show to help fundraise for the program we get great um support from the wbca nabc even blue frame technology etc to do this show and we appreciate it it covers some of our costs it doesn't cover all of them and if we want to go to atlanta for example and be able to do that taking time off of my other work that i do or we want to do other things um it takes financial cost and to be honest there's mortgage payments there's electric bills there's internet bills there's stuff that we use for this show that we're paying for all year round and those costs add up and to be blunt, as much as we've tried to get advertising to work on this show, we just haven't found it successful completely yet. And so after years of people requesting us, we're back to asking for advertising. So I hope you don't mind. Uh, we do have a PayPal button on several locations on the main page. We just tweeted out another. Uh, it's on the Facebook stream as well. We'll try and get it out on Instagram maybe as well. Uh, this donation isn't just for today. Uh, we, you have the capability of doing it monthly, by the way, but we'll, we'll keep this donation system running for the rest of the regular season at least. But uh, we appreciate any support you can do to help us continue to do our work so we can justify the time that we put into this show or we're going to have to make some tough decisions down the road. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk to the head man of Division Three, the vice president, Dan Dutcher, and a few others that he's got on hand. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. We talk with Dan Dutcher about all things D3 when we come back. 
being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. I used to never really talk, ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. <laughs> 